0: Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to
1: work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage Success Radio Show 313 Creating Enthusiastic and Collaborative Organizations. Today we're going to be talking about how successful leaders have moved their organizations from controlled and orderly to enthusiastic and collaborative. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. The Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine the light on good practice, and we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private, and third sectors. If you go to engagesuccess.org, and use the link at the bottom of the page. You can join our newsletter list, and all our social media links are there too. My guest today is supposed to be Vlatska Slupic, who's Professor of Leadership and Organisational Transformation at Holt Ashridge Education, Executive Education. Sorry, I missed that. Uh, but actually, she hasn't arrived, and I'm not too sure where she is. Uh, we have swapped emails uh, with um, some prep for today, so I know she's coming. So I think there's probably just been an issue logging into the radio. I think Rutger's actually arrived, so let me just... Hello, are you with us, Rutger? Well, thank Thanks you for so inviting well. me. I'm delighted to be on your show. Lovely, excellent. So start by telling us a bit about uh, who you are and what you do.
0: Um, I'm... At the moment, uh, uh, well, I have a new job now, and I'm a professor of uh, leadership and organizational transformation at uh, Health Ashridge Executive Education, and this is my part-time position, and I'm also running the Management Chief Consulting, uh, my training executive education and consulting company.
1: Lovely, and I think this is at least your second time on the show, isn't it?
0: Yes, this is my second time. Uh, I was on the show a few years ago when I launched my previous book, The Management Shift.
1: Mm-hmm. Lovely. And today we're talking about humane capital. So tell us, just recap a bit about the, the, the book from before and why you felt it was time to write another book and how that's sort of developed on.
0: Uh, the Management Shift is my life's work. It is based on more than 20 years of my interdisciplinary research where I have pulled together uh, my research from various areas, from computer science, um, psychology, economics, neuroscience, and I have uh, created the Management Shift approach, which is perceived to be the how of this big shift from all ways of working, which are based on command and control, New ways of working which are based on people, purpose, and collaboration. And um, in this book, I have created two frameworks uh, and, and various tools based on those frameworks. The first one is the five level model, which shows uh, what are the mindset and the organizational culture levels that individuals and organizations go through in organizations. And the other one uh, is the organization diagnostic tool, which can help organizations to go through this big shift. And the big shift is from level three to level four. I can briefly describe the levels because my latest book, Humane Capital, is based on those levels. And uh, this is... Mm-hmm. As th- that was a theoretical foundation for, for research that I did for Humane Capital Book. So basically, at level one, uh, the mindset is lifeless, culture is apathetic, and not much gets done. People are too depressed to do anything, there's lots of fear and blame at that level. Luckily, we don't see a lot of that in, in many organizations. At level two, the mindset is reluctant, and culture is stagnating. This is where people do a minimum they can get away with just to get their paycheck. And then at level three, the mindset is control, culture is orderly, and this is traditional hierarchical command and control, micromanagement. And then the big shift or the management shift is when we shift from level three to level four. The mindset is enthusiastic and culture is collaborative. And Keywords are trust, transparency, purpose, having fun working, giving back to the society. And at that level, we get a step change increase in engagement, innovation, performance, and profit. And occasionally, we can reach level five, where mindset is limitless and culture is unbounded. And at that level, highly innovative teams work day and night on some amazing innovations for humanity, such as Google X lab inventing driverless cars, for example. So the objective is to go through these big shifts from level three to level four. And after I have uh, published this uh, previous book, The Management Shift, I have been using all these tools and processes with various organizations. And then um, I thought it would be great to see how leaders go through that shift, what kind of strategies do they use. And that is how I got this idea for a new book. So I interviewed fifty-eight leaders, CEOs uh, from various countries around the world, uh, where they they either went through this big shift with with their own organization, or they're helping others to go through this big shift. And as a result of that, I have um, created. Uh, framework which shows what are the eight key pillars that organizations have to have in place to become humane at level four organizations. And I have also pulled out 200 strategies from all these interviews, 50 for each sector, uh, so 50 uh, in the public sector, then 50 in corporate, SMEs and non-profit sector. So in a nutshell, that is the book. Um, there were over two 272,000 words of transcripts, a lot of data, and I have distilled everything uh, in the book and included 35 case studies in those four sectors.
1: Wow. That sounds like um, a comprehensive (laughs) book, shall we say. So so let's let's go back to before the book. What's driving this change? Why... Is it important that organizations move from the Level 3 hierarchical orderly organization to the Level 4 enthusiastic, collaborative, uh, transparent organization? What What's driving that change?
0: Uh, we have to go through this big change, and I call it big shift, because we, we have a problem. For example... We know that global figures for engagement are are quite low, less than 20% of employees are fully engaged. Uh, I can share some more statistics very briefly. Uh, Only 25% of people are passionate about the work that they do. 20% of people trust that their leaders will tell the truth when confronted with a difficult issue. And uh, in the last 50 years, corporate life expectancy and performance have declined by 75%. But it gets, gets even worse because, uh, for example, research published by Professor Jeffrey Pfeffer from Stanford University has shown that bad management, bad leadership, even have detriment, uh, uh, they have detrimental effect on our health and our lives. So, for example, in China alone, one million people die per year because of bad management and leadership. So, we cannot uh, continue running organizations as level two, free organizations because uh, we have low engagement, we have low performance, um, low levels of profit, but also people uh, take time off because of the stress and they get ill or even die in some cases. Recently, I, I read about the case uh, about French telecom company which is facing legal action because of uh, 19 suicides and 12 attempted suicides by their employees. So, so it is quite serious. So we, we have to go through these big changes for many reasons, for financial reasons and for human reasons.
1: And is there a difference across the sectors? You talk about putting the strategies into the, the book with 50 across each of the four sectors. Presumably, there, is, there are differences. That's why you've got different strategies for, for each of those. But um, is, is any one area struggling more than another, or is it very much across the board?
0: It's very much across the board, and some of these strategies do overlap. So we do have some strategies that came up from all this research uh, in all four sectors so it uh, so for example it's uh, about um, focusing on higher purpose uh, communication uh, aligning individual values and organizational values um, self-organisation in 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 teams. Um, also putting emphasis on organizational learning, communication, it is important that people feel that their voices are being heard so So there are a lot of um, a lot of strategies that 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 came up in all these interviews, but there were some specific ones, for example um, in non for profit sector, a lot of strategies relate to uh, purpose rewarding CEOs, how well they deliver purpose, and so on. Yeah.
1: So you interviewed, um, did you say it was 52 leaders? Uh, 58. Oh, 58, sorry. <laughs> um, and you said they were people who were, who have been through that shift in their organization or they're helping others to go through that. Was there a big... Um, Sort of difference between all of them in terms of how far through that process they, they've got or did you focus on those leaders where they, they've got some sort of similar experiences in terms of where they've got to with that?
0: In, in, in this case, all these leaders went through this experience. So it was all retrospective and they were reflecting on what they have done and why and how they have uh, gone through that shift. And it is interesting that many of them said, if we did not go through that big shift from level three to level four, we would not be around anymore. We would just not survive as as an organization. Uh, I also asked them about the value or or the price tag of this this shift. And some of them tried to give me some uh, numerical values, numbers, such as it adds, extra percent to the value of the company or 20 percent to the turnover or it adds extra millions or billions of pounds or dollars in case of large corporations but they also gave me some answers which relate to human values so they they said it is a matter of a a mere existence and true happiness or it is a matter of of surviving and thriving um, and they they all said they definitely would suggest to everyone who can uh, to go through this process because it, it brings so many benefits both financial and, and human benefits. Mhm.
1: So please share some examples of of the things that people have done or some strategies that you recommend in terms of that shift. And um, yes, I can share share a few stories uh
0: For example, Mm -hmm. Innovation Norway, it's a government organization in Norway, and they support uh, startup grant applications and entrepreneurs in Norway, and uh, the the CEO came across the Management Shift book just when she started this new post about four years ago, and she used the five-level model and, and the book to shift entire Innovation Norway from level three to level four, and she used various strategies. Uh, she she made everything much more open and transparent. She she posted her job contract on the intranet so everybody could see all the details of her job contract, including uh, her salary. And she she was very open at uh, talking one to one to lots of uh, stakeholders and employees and and uh, customers to really find out where the bottlenecks are, um, what, what, what is blocking them to become more efficient. And they managed to complete this shift within about 12 months. And the results that they have obtained were phenomenal. So, for example, the time that it takes to process startup grant application uh, was reduced from 60 to 4 days. There are various other um, uh, numbers that that she shared as well, but it, it is astonishing that, for example, in the public sector, but just going through that uh, change so much can be achieved and there are many many other other um inspirational stories. I can share one um from a startup in which is, uh, the startup is based in Brighton, but the the CEO is based in France and they are a media company, Net, and they're doing really, really well, but they really have this level four, five culture. And one of the things that they do, which, which is very, very interesting, is they have the dream machine. So every month, as soon as they reach the monthly target, uh, they would pick up a piece of paper where every employee would write on a piece of paper what is their dream, what do they want to do. For example, take family to safari in Africa, publish a book, go to uh, Russia to see the World Cup, or, and so on. So, so every month they will take one piece of paper and then company will make this dream come true. They will pay uh, for that employee to to realize their dream. So every month they make one employee's dream come true. And uh, they have a lot of very fun meetings in French arts where they share their talents and um, it's, it's also very entertaining. But the bottom line is that the revenue is continuously growing. They have no problem attracting talent and engagement is high. And it shows how with, with little gestures so much can be achieved to, to make employees happier, more engaged, more productive, and, and so on.
1: Mm-hmm. So with my challenging head-on, um, having heard that story, which sounds great and reminds me actually of Alan um, Biltcliffe, who was an earlier guest from a few years ago who does something similar in his organization. What about those public sector organizations who firstly, they don't have the money, and secondly, would have uh, a real media issue if they were to be seen to be spending money on what would um, be positions as being frivolous things. And, you know, we know that that isn't the case necessarily, but that's what the media would say. What strategies can they use, given that presumably what you've just said is not something that, uh, you know, is an option for them? Well, there are strategies
0: that they can use that don't need to cost a lot of additional money. But it's all Mm -hmm. about uh, the way, for example, that uh, communication is done within the organization, uh, involving people uh, with with strategy and decision-making, sharing uh, the content of of discussions uh, at at, uh, top-level meetings, uh, allowing people's voice to be heard, allowing this two-way communication to, to flow within an organization, uh, allowing people to create and share knowledge. Um, so these are some of the strategies. Uh, for example, allowing people to self-organize in, in their communities of passion where they can all brainstorm and, and crowdsource ideas for improvement, uh, savings, efficiency, so when people feel that their voice is being heard, they they become more engaged, they become more creative, innovative, and, and then they feel they are in, in this together, and then results will follow. So we're not talking about large investments, but using what is available with different approach, um, just more humane uh, leadership style where people feel valued, and there is a mechanism mm-hmm. where they can suggest improvements and, and something gets done uh, as, as a follow-up. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So you, you said towards the beginning about some of the reasons why um, this is so important. Uh, and these, these leaders that have gone through the, the shift... I would imagine that were sort of fairly enlightened in the first place. What about those leaders who are perhaps operating at at level three and think that that's about as much as they can manage and, uh, you know, it's okay and they see this this shift to level four as being such a, you know, a massive change that it's not something they could contemplate? What sort of um, findings and and sort of persuasions do you have for them that, that our audience maybe could use because I'm sure some of the people listening are in that very <laughs> very situation
0: well the, the the people that approach me to help them with this big shift uh, we, we, they fall into one of the two categories so it, they either do well and they are they already have this awareness of level four uh, leadership and, and the culture, mm-hmm. and they want to do even better. And then they want some help to establish themselves at level four and uh, uh, make sure they can uh, achieve this sustainable performance, which in many cases they do. They keep growing when they are at level four or there are leaders at level three that realize that they have a problem and they will not be able to sustain high level of performance unless they do something and this is what came up in all these interviews and all these leaders said if we did not go through that process we just would not survive as an organization so, so it's all about awareness so level three leaders they 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 need this awareness that they they need to do something different in order to achieve sustainable performance and to grow and and to do well. And then they're looking for different ways of of doing that. So they need to have uh, this understanding that uh, traditional ways of of doing things, uh, leading managing organizations uh, have reached uh, the limits and they, they need to look into something new, something different. And once they do that, and once they have this awareness, um, what, what I would suggest then um, it would be to do the six-box leadership scan to see where are the hidden strengths and weaknesses, which is like an MRI for organization or part of the organization. So we can see where are the problems uh, in, in the area of culture and relationships, how well people work together individuals, their, their mindset, drive, skills, motivation, and then strategy, how it gets developed and executed, systems, how the work gets done, and resources. So this is like an MRI, mm-hmm. and then in the next phase, we would prescribe the medicine, depending what the scan would show, <laughs> and then we would work... Uh, collaboratively with an organization to design one-year action plan to leverage strengths, address weaknesses with very specific actions. Who is responsible, at the time scale, and and so on. And we can re-scan mm-hmm. within nine to twelve months and see how how um, how figures are shifting. But the actions really would depend on the scores because we need to leverage strengths so wherever there are strengths companies need to be focused to do do even better in those areas, but also wherever there are development opportunities, then they need to address them. And that could be a a number of various things um, from changing the culture to become more collaborative, inclusive, humanized, or improving relationships and collaboration, how people work together, or maybe training employees um make sure that there there is uh there are processes for well being and development, or it could be a problem with the strategy. It is very important that uh there is a collaborative development of strategy uh because we know then execution will be much more successful or it could be something to do with the systems, how the work gets done, how knowledge is created disseminated how uh, Appraisals are done, a feedback mechanism, and so so on.
1: There could be a number of things. Mm. Mhm. Uh, I guess one of the um, other ways for people to work on this, other than working directly with you, is is to read the book. The the other thing that I was intrigued to see when I was preparing for the interview is that you have a board game. Yes. Yes. Uh, we do have a
0: board game now. Actually, uh, there's a second one which is just going to be launched as well. So. My work is all about transferring knowledge into practice. So I always wanted to create uh, processes, tools, and, and toolkits that people can use and apply in the real world of business. And after I published the latest book, Humane Capital, I thought, how can I help practitioners um, to use all these ideas? With And, and what is in the book, it is, Tip of the iceberg because there was so so much data um, that that I collected and I, I had to select so, some of the best parts to include in the book and then I thought in order to help practitioners to to implement all these ideas uh, we need to design a board game so we designed a strategy board game where um, People can play between one and eight players. They can explore the eight key pillars of humane capital and see how well uh, they they have implemented those pillars in their own organization. And then they can go through specific strategies for their sector and choose one or two strategies to implement straight away in their own organization. And it has been used in various business schools, organizations, And uh, the feedback was was fantastic. People learn a lot through gamification when they have fun and they can discuss organizational issues in a more relaxed environment. And this is where the real learning happens. And uh, we have also designed a new game which is going to be launched soon, uh, the Management Shift Game, which is based around the six boxes um, to help uh, people who who played the game to see... uh, how well they're doing in, in, in all these six boxes, uh, what are the key barriers to prevent them to do even better, and what are the key actions that they can take to improve uh, whichever box might be uh, perceived as a bottleneck.
1: Sounds really interesting and, and innovative in itself. <laughs> so just to finish, what, what would be a next step for people listening who are interested in thinking about moving their organization From whatever stage of level three they're they're at, into that level four.
0: Well, we could they could read the uh, the books. Um, So both books Mm -hmm. have a lot of information. Uh, The the management shift book uh, has all the theory and and frameworks and models uh, that as. I know various yeah. people have used in the different organizations to 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 help to go for that shift. But they can read a humane capital book as well and use the strategies. So they could look into mm-hmm. strategies at the end of those chapters and just think about uh, do we do we use this strategy? If not, why not? Can we start using this strategy uh, in that particular sector and and take it from there.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. It sounds like a, a really comprehensive support for uh, people in organisations and and I guess people who are trying to help organisations as well. So thanks for sharing with us today.
0: Thank you very much. I do apologise for slight delay, but I had some technical issues with connecting.
1: No worries, no worries, and we'll we'll have to uh, get you back when you've done your third book. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 would be fantastic.
0: I'm sure there will be more books at the time.
1: Lovely, lovely. Thank you. So just to let you know, next week we have Jo Moffat back, and she's going to be interviewing Chris Croft from, um, I, don't know, I can never say this, the RGO, I think, talking about the power of purpose. So Jo will be back with you next week.
0: Engage for Success Radio. Raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice. The people who believe there's a better way to work.